everywhere you look, you can find division in our world right now. Everyone has a reason to disagree. Everyone thinks they're right and you're wrong. And this isn't what God has intended for us as his people. Paul writes about this in Ephesians. He writes about the church and how when we are a part of the body of Christ, we are united because of our love for him. Because of our part in his family, we are united as one. And this is a big part of what Ephesians is all about, that we are one in Christ. That's what this message is all about today. We have Pastor Aaron Escamilla back, and we're glad to have him back as he shares about what the church looks like when we are all together living as one in the body of Christ. Well, good morning, church. I am so glad to be back here at NCC this morning. And if I've not met you yet, if you're new here at NCC, my name is Aaron, and I'm the lead pastor here at New Community Church, and glad to be with you this morning. We've been out the past two Sundays, and so I just want to say thank you again. I thanked you guys on social media, but two Sundays ago, we were at my dad's memorial service. My dad was a pastor in the Chicago area and passed away earlier this year from COVID-19, and um, just a couple weeks ago, we had the chance to just remember him, his legacy, the ministry that he had in the church that he was a part of, and so so many of you guys we're praying for us, we're sending us texts and encouraging us, and I thank you for that. And then last Sunday, um, for those of you that know Micah and Angela, two of our older kids, we sent them off to Phoenix, and so we were there with them. They're going to a school of ministry and studying um, a pastoral degree in a college there, and so we got them settled in their apartment and got them connected with the church out there that they're going to be a part of, and so we missed last Sunday. So I am so excited to be back. It feels like I've been gone forever, and I'm glad to be back here This Sunday, and we're in week two of this series called Ephesians. And we're walking through this book of the Bible, which is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote. And Pastor Aaron Castellanos, our student pastor, did an amazing job last week of just kicking off the series, walking us through the background of the book and an intro to the book. And so, if you missed last Sunday, I want to encourage you to go back, listen to that, because he did a great job of kind of giving us that picture of what Ephesians is and getting us into this letter. That Paul wrote. And so this morning, I want to preach to you a message I'm calling One in Christ. One in Christ. If you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to write that down. One in Christ. And we're going to talk about what that means and what Paul's talking about here in Ephesians chapter 2. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, Ephesians chapter 2, 11, or take out your phone and just open up another tab there, Ephesians 2, 11, and hold on to that for just one moment. Paul is writing to the Ephesian church, and I believe we mentioned this last week, but this is one of the letters where Paul's not writing just about like a correction or, hey, you're doing this wrong, but he's actually giving them a vision and a picture of what God wanted the church to be like. And so he's not telling them to correct something. He's casting a vision and giving a picture of this is what God wants the church to be like. And so he's writing this letter to encourage them, to cheer them on in their faith in what they're doing. And in chapter two, the second section of chapter two, he talks about this idea, hey, we are one in Christ. We're connected in this thing. We're together in this. And so this message that I want to challenge you with this morning, I want you to hear this. It's not a political message, okay? You're going to hear me say some things and maybe you think, well, is this a political message? It's not. Okay, it's not just a message on on races or ethnicity or any of that. 
This is a message about Jesus and what happens when Jesus comes into our life, the difference that that makes in what God was dreaming of for his church. And that's what Paul is writing about in Ephesians chapter 2. Now, just a couple of weeks ago, as I mentioned, we were around family. I was at my brother's house and my mom's house there together. We were flipping through old photos, and I came across this photo of my eighth birthday. If you guys don't know, my birthday is December 24th, so it's Christmas Eve, okay? And I remember for my eighth birthday, we invited some friends over, and my dad had a Santa costume. This was a couple weeks before Christmas, um, and my dad had the Santa costume, and he comes out in this giant Santa costume, and he's got the bags full of pillows, and he's like whacking my friends, right? And everyone got the chance to come sit on my dad's lap. And so during this time, I live in rural Arkansas. Let me paint this picture. I live in the Ozark Mountains, like back in the mountain country of Arkansas. I was the only, my family was the only family of color, probably for 100 miles, okay? And at some point in the night, my friend Jonathan right there, who you could see in front of me, leans over and he's like, hey, why is Santa Claus brown? And, and I thought for a second, and I was like, he's the Mexican Santa Claus. I mean, isn't that obvious? Like, it, it just didn't click. But for him, this was slightly different because he grew up in Arkansas in the rural mountains of the Ozark Mountains. He had never seen, I guess, a Mexican Santa Claus before, right? So he asked me that question. And when I was thinking of that, that's kind of where the church in Ephesus is. Because they're used to worshiping with people that were from the Jewish faith that had grown up reading the Torah, reading the prophets, reading the Old Testament. They were used to people that were from the same country, from the same ethnicity that they were, and probably even from somewhat of the same financial background. That's who they were used to worshiping with. And they started to wonder what's going on because the church is growing, the church is expanding, the church is moving forward. Now there's people from other religious backgrounds that have left worshiping other gods and come to Christ. There's people from other countries that even spoke different languages. And Paul is writing, this was God's dream all along. And so this is what it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. This is how Paul starts this section. He says, therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the faith called the uncircumcised by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. You were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of the promise, having no hope, and you were without God in the world. So what does that mean? How, why is Paul writing that? And as I started to read through that, that's a lot of language that we probably don't use a lot in our culture and in our time. But what Paul is saying is, hey, there used to be this separation in your lives. You used to be separated by a lot of different things. You used to be separated in a lot of different ways. And he's saying, why is that there? It's because of sin, because of what had happened. And you go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, all the way back to the beginning of time. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 7 and 8, we're told about Adam and Eve, the first man and woman. And whenever they invited sin into the world, they took from the forbidden fruit, they ate of that. One of the first reactions they have to that is separation. I don't know if you've ever read that story. But immediately, whenever they disobey God, when they invite sin in, the first thing that they do is try to separate from one another. They're covering themselves up. They're hiding from God. There's now guilt. There's now shame in the world. And all of a sudden, sin brought in separation, us from each other. And we look for ways to kind of segment ourselves out 
from those around us. And that's what Paul is talking about here. That's how you used to live with one another. You were separated from each other because of the sin that was brought in the world. And we live in this fallen state. We live in this kind of lifestyle, so many of us that were separated from one another, separated from each other. Now, sometimes we kind of categorize ourselves or separate ourselves because of interests that we have, and that's not necessarily bad. Like, I started to look at all the Facebook groups that are out there, and have you ever, guys ever looked at this? Like, people that love goats. I guess that's the thing, okay? And, and there's a Facebook group for that, right? People that love cooking or, or different things. But then it kind of gets a little bit more unique, right? Like left-handed people who wear glasses who grew up in Texas. Like that's a group, I guess, okay? So, so we start to segment ourselves. Some of that's not bad because it's around interests, things that we like, and, and so we do that. But then there's this other kind of separation where it's not just, hey, we connect around our interests, but we're actually against people that aren't like us. And that's what Paul is saying. That's what sin does in our life. It causes us to stand at odds against one another. That now we find ways to group ourselves away from others and isolate ourselves away from others because you're from this political party and I'm from this political party and we don't agree with one another. And so we're actually at odds with one another. We find ways to fight or to argue, or to get upset, because you see this differently, and we start to categorize ourselves. Oh, you're a Democrat? Oh, you're a Republican? You're liberal? You're conservative, right? We find all of these different ways to isolate ourselves, and that's because of sin. We stand at odds with one another, because sin was introduced into the world, and one of the first things that happens with sin is we separate ourselves, we isolate ourselves from one another. Sin causes us to divide ourselves. But Paul is saying, wait, you need to understand this is how you lived. This is how you used to live. Because he goes on and he says, but now in Christ Jesus. And you need to underline that or highlight that in your Bible. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. He's made both of us one and he's broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself, listen to this, one new mankind in place of the two. He's saying there were all of these ways you used to separate yourself. There were all of these ways you divided yourself. But Christ on the cross through the blood of Jesus, what he did, Jesus has united us. Jesus has united us. We were separated because of sin, but through the cross, through the blood of Christ, Jesus has united us together. The cross took away the dividing line. And so he's saying, if you've come to Christ, you're walking as a follower of Jesus, you now see this world differently. This whole thing looks different from you, for you because you no longer find ways to isolate yourself, to separate yourself, to say, oh, you're different. Yeah, we, we can't connect around that. But now you're looking for ways that you're united because you understand what the cross has done. You understand that the difference that Jesus has made. He's basically saying, hey, you're the new humanity. He's looking at you. This is what God was saying. This is what I was dreaming for the church, church that you would show the world the new way to live. That the world out there, once again, is finding ways to categorize ourselves, to isolate ourselves, to separate ourselves, but that's not the way it is in the church. 
But now you, in Christ Jesus, you have been brought together. You've been united, and you've been given this mandate to show the world how to live. You demonstrate for the world around you how you're called to live. In Galatians chapter 3, Paul writing this letter, a different letter to a group of churches, he says it like this, Now therefore in Christ there is neither Jew nor Gentile, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for all are one in Christ Jesus. He's saying this is the new way to live. You no longer categorize yourself or isolate yourself based off of the color of your skin or your country of origin or where you came from, you are now united in Christ. There's no longer Jew nor Gentile. Those barriers have been broken down. And that's why, church, when I look at NCC, I love this because I think this is a picture of heaven. We don't all look the same. We don't all come from the same cultures or from the same background, but that's the picture of the church. That's what it should look like. And this is what else he's saying is he's saying, hey, there's no longer slave nor free. You don't look at someone else and say, hey, I'm less or you're more because your bank account's bigger or mine's less or you work that job and I work this job and and, um, you're white collar, I'm blue. No, he said those lines have been erased. Those lines no longer exist. Now we've got people worshiping together that make a lot of money and people worshiping right next to them that may not make as much, but we are united together in Christ. We're no longer separated. He said, in the church, this is not a male-dominant organization. This is not females trying to one-up guys saying, hey, I can do it better. We are united together in Christ. We're equals at the cross. That dividing line of hostility has been removed. He said, that doesn't exist in the church. That doesn't happen in this place. We're united in Christ. Jesus has taken those things away. The cross has destroyed what separated us. So I want you to hear this, church. If you are a follower of Jesus, you look for ways to connect with other people. You don't automatically look for what separates you or how you're different. You look for what's united you because you understand the cross. You see what the blood of Jesus has done. And now you're looking for those connecting points. You're looking for what Christ has done to unite us. You're putting on display to the world a new humanity. What it means to be a follower of Jesus. That's what Paul's talking about. And so he goes on to say this at the end of verse 15, Ephesians 2.15. So Jesus made peace in us. And he reconciled us both to God in one body through the Christ, through, through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. He came and preached peace to those who were far off and peace to those who were near. He's saying Jesus is our peace. He's removed that hostility. In verse 18, he goes on to say this, For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers or aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You're built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into the holy temple of the Lord. In him, you are being built together into the dwelling place of God for his spirit. He's saying you're united together. This is the picture of the church 
is that you're connected with one another. You're joined together in this, and he's giving you this idea of this is the foundation. This is something, this is like the temple of God that layer upon layer is being built, that you're actually stronger together. And that's where he ends this idea, we are stronger together. He said, that's the picture I want to give you of the church. We are stronger together. I started to think about a rope. And something that's placed layer upon layer. And so I took this thick rope that I'll show you in a minute. And I just tried to pull out one strand. And when you isolate that strand, it tears pretty easy. And that's what happens when we segment ourselves, when we separate ourselves. But Paul is saying, Hunter, if you could help me real quick up here. I'll give you that end right there. He's saying when you braid something together, when you're united together, and even when things pull at you, go ahead and give that a tug there. We're going to see who's stronger here, me or Hunter, okay? But he's saying whenever you do that, even though there's tension on that, it's going to stay knit together because this thing is braided layer upon layer, line upon line, laid on itself. This thing is united together, and even when things are tugging at it, it's going to stay strong. It's going to stay connected. Thank you, Hunter. Appreciate that, man. That's what he's saying the church should be like. That's how you guys are. He's saying there shouldn't be things that are tearing you apart, but that's going to happen if you're just by yourself in this. But he's saying when you start to layer all of these differences in your life, he said there's a strength to you. There's a strength to the church. There's a strength to the people of God because you're not doing this alone. You're not by yourself in this. You are connected to others. That's what the cross of Jesus has done. It's removed the dividing lines in our lives. It's removed this separation that sin brought into our lives. And it has connected us together. And now there's a strength to what God is doing inside of us. And it's a picture of a new humanity to the world around us. And when there is so much division in our world, when there's so much strife, when there's so much animosity, people should be looking at the church saying, wait, that's what it should be like. That's the image of what the world should really be functioning as. That's, that's what I want my life to look like, that you and I are that image because of the blood of Christ, because of what Jesus did on the cross. We are now one in Christ. So we're not looking for ways to separate from each other. We're looking for ways that we're connected, that we're the same in this, that Christ has brought us together. That's how we're called to live. Church, I want you to think about that. What would happen if each of us took that into our workplace, passed that on to our family members, showed that to our friends, got on Facebook and we lived that kind of life, showing others, hey, we're not divided in this. Christ has come and he's reconciled us to each other. He's united us together. He's called us through the cross to be one with each other. And we're so much stronger when we're in this together. That's how we're called to live. And I want to pray for you this morning. I'm going to ask if you would take a moment, and just bow your head and close your eyes. And you may be here this morning, you may be listening to this, and maybe you're realizing, man, sin is causing separation in my life. 
And sin does that in each of our lives. It separates us from God. It separates us from each other. We start to cover ourselves up. We start to hide from one another. That's what sin does in our life. And the Bible's very clear. We can't fix ourselves on our own. We can't try to be good enough or try to do enough good things. But the beauty of the Bible, the beauty of the gospel is that we don't have to. Jesus came and took our place. Jesus came and paid the price for your sin and for my sin on the cross to reconcile us back to God, to restore us back in right relationship with one another, to remove the wall of hostility that sin built up in our life. And if that's you and you've never taken that step to pray, to say, God, I've sinned, but I need your salvation in my life. Or maybe you have, but right now you're not living in that relationship with God. I want to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to ask for all of us to pray this together. If you would say this out loud with me, every single person, let's pray this together. Jesus, I come to you. And I realize my sin separates me. Separates me from you and from others. And I need your salvation. So I invite you into my life. Be the savior of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Give me a brand new start. And let me live as a new person. I pray in your name. Amen. Can we just put our hands together and celebrate for anyone that might have prayed that prayer? The Bible says that heaven is rejoicing whenever we recommit our lives or whenever we come to Christ. And so we are excited if you took that step of praying that. Now I want to pray one more prayer, but this time I'm going to ask for you not just to repeat after me, but in your own words, would you ask God to help us live as the kind of church that he's talking about here in Ephesians? A church that is united, a church that is connected, a church that is putting on display the new humanity that God is dreaming of to the world around us. And so I'm going to lead out, but just in your own words, would you have that conversation with God? God, help me to live that way this week. Help me to find ways to unite and to connect with others and to show the world around me who you are. So let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for this simple reminder in Ephesians. Jesus, this is what you were dreaming of for the church, God. Not that we would be disconnected or separated, but Lord, we would be a picture to the world around us of what it means to live for you, God, of what you were dreaming for the world, God. And so I pray this week, God, that you would help us to connect, Lord, that you would reconcile us to each other, God, that we would remove all of those dividing lines, Lord. And God, we would live as the new humanity, God, that you're dreaming us. Help us to be that kind of church, God. Let it begin to change our workplace. God, let it begin to change our families, Lord. Let it change the way that we interact with others on social media, God. Let us live in a new way, God, that you've called us to. God, what you're dreaming for us and let it impact others, God. I pray this in your name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us this week. Remember, as God's church, 
we display to the world the unity that Christ has brought. And so let's do that together. Let's treat each other with love and with respect as we show the world what our lives could look like as we stand together as one in Christ. Here at NCC, we are all about making people and places new. And we want to know how we can help you grow in your faith. So connect with us online at newcommunity.co. Thank you.